Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is co-host Arzu. Hello. So last week we talked about episodes 13 through 16 of Stargate Infinity, which was as fun as ever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and today we'll be talking about... SG-1 Season 3, Episodes 12 and 13, Jolinar's Memories and the Devil You Know. Jolinar's Memories premiered on October 22nd, 1999, was written by Sunny Warham and Daniel Stasshauer and directed by Peter DeLuise. The Devil You Know premiered on October 29th, 1999, was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by Peter DeLuise also. So this is a good double arc with Sokar and the Tok'ra. Arzu, would you please summarize? Well, I see why you wanted to do these two together. <laughs> so the Tok'ra come to visit SG-1 and they're like, Sam, your dad's been kidnapped. I know he's got his uh, his like Tok'ra name, but I just keep calling him Mr. Sam's dad. <laughs> they're like, that's just all he is in my head. I'm like, it's Sam's dad. Um, so he's been kidnapped by the devil and mm-hmm. taken to hell, yep. uh, which, you know, they eventually find the proper alien names for <laughs> and go on a rescue mission and in so doing have to explore their deepest darkest memories and then there's daniel um <laughs> like J- sam and jack deal with some really heavy yeah. grief and daniel like doesn't <laughs> so, yeah he's just kind of there it's just kind of like a tuesday obsessed. it's like an average tuesday in daniel's life <laughs> like i don't know I said I was done roasting him. Apparently I'm not. So <laughs> uh, didn't, I don't think anybody believed I was done anyway. I mean, so, Share was mentioned. Share yeah. was mentioned. Yeah. So I get to roast him. I feel like that's the way it works. <laughs> but yeah, it's just basically a two-part uh, rescue mission with Apophis, who I knew wasn't dead. <laughs> How many weeks I... have I had to hold my tongue? <laughs> I knew. There's no way your big bad, like even in 1999, there's no way uh-huh. your big bad goes out with a wet fart exit. Like, yeah. no way. <laughs> no way. I knew he was alive. I feel so vindicated. Yeah, I knew too. And I was just like keeping well, my of course you knew. the whole time. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> I didn't want to, yeah. spo- I wanted it to be a surprise. So I'm like, I have to like really not give it away. <laughs> the DVD gave it away. Oh, did it? Yeah, because when you go to um, the devil, you know he's the menu picture. <laughs> oh, come on! With like with the mask, like the Phantom of the Opera thing on his face. But still, I was like, that guy looks like a puppet. <laughs> like it's a puppet, and I'm like, you knew it. So the DVD, really, the DVD ruined it. I, they're like, Rude. if you bought the DVD, you know. So I guess, but although not really, because I used to buy DVDs all the time, like. For series yeah. I wanted to watch that I hadn't seen before. So, yeah. Pretty screaming. Putting spoilers in the DVD menu. Disney Plus does that sometimes. Does yeah, their like banner image uh-huh. will be like when they have a new episode of something, the banner image will be there. And sometimes it'll be like a spoiler. Uh oh. Yeah. They should know better. They really should. Okay, so let's do our quote reveal. Last week I gave you the quote. By all means, to hell with us. And your guess it was Jack. I I mean, I knew that you would guess it was Jack, but I couldn't resist that quote. That was the best quote from these episodes. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> expect it to be so literal. 
Yeah, that's the thing. You didn't get the context because your context was that Daniel came up with some crazy idea to help them deal with the alien of the week, which either puts the team in danger or overlooks the rest of the team. So, like, no, well, I mean, the context wasn't right because it was literal. They're it's actually literal going to hell. hell with us. <laughs> yeah. But you very easily guess who is saying it. <laughs> so, right off the top in this episode, they know that the Tok'ra are coming. And Jack is like, maybe it's dad. Because that's his father-in-law. Yeah. In his heart, if not. Yeah. I thought you would appreciate that. I, j- listen. Mm-hmm. Listen. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful man. <laughs> Just. <sighs> the fact that, like, looking at the dates of this. October, mm-hmm. like late October 1999. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty active memory of where I was on those evenings, especially mm-hmm. the 22nd because it's my cousin's birthday. Oh. So just thinking of like little nine year old me running around uh-huh. meanwhile, this was on TV somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. This, so I mean, the episode got serious very quickly. So it was like, Sam, your dad has captured and he is By in the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very dramatic. And Jack is like, yeah, let's do this thing. Go rest. Let's go rescue him. But like, tell me the plan up front. I want to know what I'm getting into. And Martouf proceeds to not tell them the plan until the last minute. And Jack is like, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> We had that whole debriefing at the SGC and you couldn't have told us that we were going to need to go down and escape pods and, and, you know, and couldn't take weapons and all, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. Where was this in the debriefing? So Martouf would not cut it at the SGC, basically. No. Martouf needs to go away. A lot of people in the fandom aggressively hate Martouf. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. It's kind of <laughs> annoying. I don't know. Well, I don't even know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. He just annoys me. It's the fact that he is manipulating Sam. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, and this is one of those things where I don't think I really noticed it growing up. But like as a kid, you don't really notice the nuance of that kind of stuff. And watching mm. it as an adult, I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand now. You know, he. I mean, you can even see in in the second part of this arc that when he's kind of delirious and he's looking at Sam, he literally sees Jolinar. So like, that's all that he sees in her. Like mm-hmm. it, cause there's, you know, the previous episode and maybe some future episodes where it seems like he's trying to court her, but it's like, he's not interested in her for Sam. He's no, interested Jolinar. in her for Jolinar. And then, and so in this, in this first episode, you know, he's using this memory device on her and by way of, like, trying to comfort her, he's like, oh, remember when Joel and I and I were on the, I don't remember, Planet Borash or whatever whatever on it was. And, yeah, remember our last night together. And, like, she vividly remembers them sharing the night together. And it's like, did you Which really? Is- like, you could have brought up any positive memory that you had with Jolinar, but you had to specifically bring up the one where you two have sexual intimacies. Like Sam has no, like Sam has no recollection of, but you're putting that in her head. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's messed up, man. Yeah. And, like, while there's other people in the room, too, because, like, because then Jack immediately understands what it is that she's seeing and is uncomfortable because it's, like, why are you making her watch that kind of thing? Because he sucks. Yeah, growing up watching this, I thought, like, Martouf was, like, charming and cute, but now I'm like, oh, he's really manipulative. I get where he's coming from. I get that he he lost this great love of his and is mourning that. And it, it's hard. It's hard enough to lose somebody when they're gone full stop. It's harder, I think, to lose them mm-hmm. when they're like there is a a shred of them left in someone right. else. Yeah. And knowing that like basically just out of reach right. is is access to your love. I get that. But at the same time, like, have some respect for her autonomy. My God. Yeah. Yeah. And even just in general, because he, like, has the memory device turned up too high. And she's, like, too viscerally remembering, like, the torture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Jack has to pull him aside and go, you're being too intense. Like, what you if need Jack to calm just down. punched him in the face? I think he was close to it. What if we just put the feminism on hold for a second? Let Jack punch him in the face. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Damn, like stand up for her, dude. When she starts screaming as if she's actually being tortured, like, yeah, you're going too far. But no, because Joel and R. Yeah, or whatever. The mission is so important. I mean, just in general, I feel like most of the Tokra have this this mentality of the mission comes before all else to everybody's detriment because it's like we will put you through torture simulations in order to get this information that we need and you know there's been other times where it's like you know we'll put you through whatever or the um, the aldwin guy is willing to let all of them die on the planet just so that they can kill sokar and it's like can you not even conceive of an escape plan? And Martouf is willing to die too. And it's like, I don't even understand how y'all have lived this long because you have no self-preservation. You have no sense of like, okay, yeah, we need to kill Sokar, but maybe there's a way we could do this without actually dying ourselves, you know? Maybe they're <laughs> like the, um, what were we saying like a couple weeks ago about a group that has like a high turnover? Oh, Yeah. Like maybe they're like that. There's just a really high turnover. But there's not for the Tokra. That's the thing. They're they're started out with a very limited number, and anytime they don't have a host, one of them dies, and they don't have replacement. Because like I mean, we haven't gotten into this yet, but in the future, we're gonna learn about how the Tokra got started, and it's basically like one batch of children from one particular queen who made the Tokra, and that's all there is. So it's a continually dwindling supply because they don't have new, like, symbiotes being born. Right. So, like, if they're constantly getting killed on missions, then it's just dwindling and dwindling and dwindling all the time. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe it wouldn't dwindle so much if you had more self-preservation. <laughs> like, But then where's the fun in that? I guess. <laughs> It's just so frustrating. And we've talked about in the past about how Braytac is like that too. Yes, Braytac like, does not know what self-preservation is. He wouldn't know it if yeah. he bit him in the butt. 
they were going to blow up Apophis's mothership. And he's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to die too. And it's like, dude, there's, there's ships. Like we can, we can take a glider. It's fine. Like We can escape. So it makes me wonder, I guess, if it's like just a trait of the Tari to have a better sense of what's possible, you know, and not be so fatalistic yeah. about things. I guess. Like more determination to live. I feel like that's such a alien thing in sci-fi is like, I'm going to die for my cause. And like, it's fine if it's a two hour movie. Yeah. And you've got one group of people who are like, I'm going to die for my cause. But I feel like this is such an ingrained thing. Yeah. Where like our protagonists have to be like, no, you have to live for your fight. Right. That when you like have a series where everybody's like that, suddenly uh, you've got this Very problem noticeable. where all of your all of your alien races are like dying for their cause. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Anyway. Martouf anyway. makes fun of Teal'c's flying skills, and I'm like, Martouf, you can just go sit down. Martouf, you have a stupid name. You really shouldn't be making fun of it. <laughs> it certainly doesn't, like, it feels weird to say it, you know? Martouf. I made a note, actually, about alien names in general, because uh -huh. I think just this episode really, there were so many names and planets <laughs> and places and people and yeah, I'm like, they just be saying shit at this point. Like, <laughs> it it sounds like what happens when you ask a nine-year-old to write a story about aliens. Uh-huh. Naonak. 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 I'm not going to pronounce any of this correctly. Binar. Yeah. Like, all of this. I'm like, that's like, <laughs> somebody dumped out their Scrabble tiles <laughs> and saw what worked and just went with it. Right. Like, yeah. It just, maybe it's the linguist in me, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you have this this experience too, where when somebody speaks like a foreign language, mm -hmm. like foreign earth language, or an alien language in a movie, and in the case of like the foreign earth languages, it's obviously not a language they actually speak. Mm -hmm. It sounds unnatural when they're speaking. Like it sounds right. very, the, the cadence doesn't flow. Right. I find that's a problem, not a problem, but I find that's very common with the alien names in Stargate is there's such an unnatural cadence to them mm. that it does it doesn't sound like something somebody learned. It sounds like sci-fi. Right. It doesn't sound organic. Right. I mean, I guess you could argue that that's a good thing because they're not supposed to be names from Earth. So, of course, they're not going to sound natural to us. They don't sound natural at all. But maybe they sound natural to the people on other planets. I know, but like, it's not so foreign mm -hmm. that it sounds like it comes from somewhere else. It just sounds, it sounds made up. Right. Like, I think because Abydos and the people there and the language there was like designed for a movie. Mm -hmm. Everything there flows a little better. Mm-hmm. Because that was the one language they were going to be dealing with. Whereas this, like, right. it's not their fault. They have 22 episodes to fill and they have to keep jumping around. So I don't blame yeah. them for leaning on things like the Asgard and things that are like real words. Right. I don't know. This was just like a general thought. Yeah, I, I haven't really looked into their naming conventions, if they have any necessarily. I just know I recently there was uh, someone on Twitter 
who's asking the creator about, hey, this particular name for a, a toker that we haven't met yet is like one letter off from this German word. So is it supposed to be like derivative of German? And he was like, no, that's coincidence. So yeah, I'm not really sure where they get their inspiration from. I'm not it's sure that they necessarily, yeah, I don't know that they necessarily have a linguist on staff. So I'm quite relieved that they didn't do a rape plot. That is where I thought it was going. It was very close. I think at first when Sam was starting to remember stuff, she and Daniel shared this moment where I think they both assumed that Jolinar was raped. Yeah. And I thought that's where it was going, and I'm like, I yeah. will go fight them. Yeah. I mean, what really happened isn't necessarily that much better, but slightly a little bit. <laughs> Arzu's making hand gestures, though. <laughs> Maybe I'm just jaded by, like, TV now, but I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it was really better. Yeah. I mean, at least there was some level of choice in it yeah it's not great but yeah it definitely could have been worse agency at least yes so yeah i'm not surprised that she never told martuf but no. i mean he seemed to take it well like once he understood what she had Listen, to do to get out martuf i don't blame her because maybe this is just my dislike of martuf martuf seems like the kind of guy who would make that about himself hmm do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how could you do this to me? And it's like, bro. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Like, like did you want me to come back or not? Like, like that's the kind of person Martu seems to be. So <laughs> I don't blame her for not saying anything. But I also feel like he suspected something went down. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I mean, cause you never told him. So because like... you never told him. But like, I wrote in my notes, I don't trust this man. Because when he was like, going into Sam's head, and he's like, whatever it might be that she never told me, don't worry about sparing my feelings. And I'm like, who cares about your feelings? Like, yeah, not me. Nobody yeah. I think about your feelings. what's more important here is that you're making Sam relive something that she's never had to deal with before. You know? Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like my feelings. Like nobody cares. Martouf. Yeah. So Joel and R's feelings. And and like Sam is probably going to have recurring nightmares now about all the stuff that she's made to remember. Yep. So that's fun. We're just jumping back and forth between episodes, right? Because it was something about the second episode. Oh. Right? So, yeah. oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So talking about like being made to remember stuff, I do think it's very clever for them when they're torturing them to put them in like the worst memory mm -hmm. and be like, you can make this different. Yeah. If you tell me what I want to know, like, obviously they don't, but it's easy to see like that that is a very tempting offer for people. That kind of goes back to the episode of the gamekeeper where he gives them the chance to change their worst memories. Yeah. Remember when like Daniel saw his parents dying and yes, 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 yes. Jack saw his team members dying. It's kind of similar to that. Yeah. But this is like so targeted. Yeah. And like it's just it's really clever that, yeah. that that's what they do. So I like that. Yeah, and this is what the episode that kind of confirms how. So in the alternate realities that we've seen, where it's just Doctor Samantha Carter who has not joined the military, 
it's like you can finally see that in this this memory that she's reliving is that in her reality her father came to her and like apologized and had a heart to heart and so she forgave him and ended up going into the military just like he did so in the dr carter versions he didn't have that heart to heart with her so they went on resenting him and hating the military right yeah so and that also yeah i like that and then also explaining why mark was didn't want to talk to him and like for so long was probably because of this because of the, the mother dying so yeah i like when things go back to make sense yeah <laughs> it helps when they like fill in backstory <laughs> bit by bit yeah jack's yeah, backstory and... we had already but that doesn't make it any yeah. easier I guess we got a little bit more detail in terms of like what happened leading up to his son dying. I mean, they were trying to make the two seem related. Mm -hmm. I don't see that the two were all that related, except that he was curious about guns. Well, it seemed like that was like the first time his son had ever played with a toy gun, which Jack was obviously against. And this fight that they had about whether or not he could have a toy gun probably led to his son being curious about his dad's gun and trying to play with it and, and show that he could be big and tough like his father you know right so it's kind of like a messed up plot point oh yeah i mean and it gives a little bit more context about why jack feels so guilty about it yeah so when they first arrived at the planet and they have to go down in escape pods i felt like Tilk seems like he was kind of amused because he's been in one before and like knows how uncomfortable it is <laughs> and like the rough landing and stuff like that and it's like oh well now y'all are going through that too <laughs> I liked um granted it's just it's Tilk related so I remembered it's just Tilk it is your god Apophis mm -hmm. made me laugh out loud yeah I'm like come on <laughs> You gotta hear what this sounds like. <laughs> I bet it's Tilk like not, was like it's not related. It just made me laugh. I wish we could have seen Tilk's reaction immediately, like his facial expression, but we didn't it's get like to. I was like, oh man, raised brow. You can't see it. I'm doing a Tilk impression. I feel like it'd be like um, a furrowed brow, like angry furrowed. <laughs> <laughs> We're just impersonating Tilk over here. It's fine. My Tilk impressions are great indistinguishable <laughs> yeah yeah anyway <laughs> since we're talking about memories daniel also has a memory yes uh, it's just a random tuesday in his life um yep. it's not the worst day of his life no definitely not. not even a particularly bad day of his life like i don't know if my partner had just died in my <laughs> arms maybe that would be the worst day of my life but that i hadn't well, already been forced to relive well, I think Apophis was picking that one in particular because of the information, the type of information that he wanted. I know, but like, you could, okay, if you've got Sheree dying in Daniel's arms, and then you have fake Jack in, in Apophis's version running in, and Daniel's devastated because his wife is dead, and it's like, she said that we had to protect the child. Where is the child? Mm -hmm. Then Daniel cradling his wife's dead body creates that urgency of like, here she is dead in my arms. I need to do the last thing she asked of me. 
But the problem with that is that then you need to bring the actress back for a new scene. Right. Well, you could have shot that before you let her go. <laughs> or or you have, you know, Michael Shanks holding a woman just with curly hair and you don't show her face at all. It's not like you don't have the dress. You just get her body double to do it. Yeah. But I it's just that, like that was too complicated. It's not that hard. Instead, they're like in the office set and Daniel's just like, hey, and Jack's like, where's the kid? And Daniel's like, oh, right, because Shere gave me something to do. I'm like, oh, so you do know who that is. So, <laughs> like, it was just such a whatever moment compared to, like, Sam having to forgive her father for uh-huh. what she perceives as his role in the death of her mother and Jack having to forgive himself for his role in the death of his son and then Daniel is shelving books or whatever. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. not quite the same. I was just, I was thinking of another Daniel and Jack moment. So when they first get there and they're walking into, I guess they like are taken to the pit or whatever. Or No, no, no. It's, like, it's when they first get there and they haven't seen Naonak and everything yet. Daniel is like, is it just me or did it get even hotter? And Jack is like, a little of both. And I'm like, did you just call Daniel hot? <laughs> <laughs> that's what the that's what the shippers are taking and running. Yeah. Out. I'm like, okay, shippers, I see you. <laughs> Jack called Daniel hot. I get it. <laughs> you all know me. I'm a diehard Sam and Jack shipper. But like yeah. sometimes it's okay. I see it. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> And then Daniel was the one to treat Jack's wound when he got shot with the staff weapon. So yeah, yeah, more there's little crumbs more fuel there for the shippers. Yeah, sadly there wasn't there weren't enough Sam and Jack crumbs this time. Yeah, Even I mean Jack was very protective towards... of her. Yeah, like, but like, give me my trophy crumbs. <laughs> like, I mean, both when she was going through the bad memory stuff, and also. When she kept getting called into either Binar or Neonak's chambers, and he was like, "No, you're not taking her." Like, so I mean, he was very protective of her the whole time. Like, come on. So one thing I found out watching this, because like watching this, and I was like, I mean, I know from the beginning that Neonak is really Apophis, but I'm like, I'm watching, I'm like, he doesn't sound like Peter Williams. He really doesn't sound like him. But then, like when he reveals himself, and he's like. Gonna about to take his helmet off. I'm like, oh, I hear it. Like that is definitely Peter Williams. Like he has a very distinctive voice. And so I looked it up, and in all of the earlier scenes before he revealed himself, it's not Peter Williams. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's why his voice doesn't sound familiar. It's this guy called uh, Dion Johnstone. Okay. And I was looking up, and he is one of the actors who has been like on like one of the extras who's been on so many episodes but in like different makeup so you would never know so we actually saw him last time in the rules of engagement episode where they're like that planet where there's the guys training to fight to be part of Apophis's guard yeah you know and there's like the white guy and then the head of the Jaffa team is that black guy and yeah. Captain Nelson that's him okay so it's him under all the Neonac stuff. And we're going to see him next week in a, the episode called Foothold. 
and but he's an alien that that's like non-humanoid so like you would never know <laughs> he's just like one of the random ones and then people who know stargate will know that the name chaka is significant which you will learn about later but he's chaka and then he plays a random lieutenant in season five also and then in season six he plays two different characters who have heavy makeup and so you can't tell who it is underneath so he's been in nine episodes <laughs> from seasons three through six but you would just never know it because you only ever see his face twice in all of these episodes yeah so, i mean yeah. if he's there yeah. he works well with everybody he might as well yeah so i just found that really amusing it's an interesting trick when they do that i've seen yeah. i've seen it done before yeah there's a nice guy that's done that too I'm trying to remember what his name is. Oh, I'm thinking of the movie Troy. Oh, okay. I'm never not thinking about the movie Troy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, because so like, no, like I remember this because it was like one of the first like bits of trivia I learned like about it when I was like uh -huh. 14 and it stuck with me. Was the uh -huh. scene where you're supposed to think it's Brad Pitt, but it's not Brad Pitt when the helmet comes off. It was okay. Brad Pitt until the helmet came off so that you can't tell. Oh. And I'm like, okay smart because then people who are like oh, i could totally tell it wasn't him it's like and you couldn't because there was nothing to find yeah oh also something random i was thinking at the beginning of the episode was that like seeing the the planet of natu just looks like a bunch of mount dooms <laughs> it really did <laughs> like very rocky lava everywhere <laughs> i'm so proud nobody went to a field in vancouver this week <laughs> that's true this is definitely all set work and then we get a wizard of oz reference when jack says yeah, it's i noticed it's not emerald city <laughs> i like pointed at my screen i was like ah wizard of oz <laughs> yeah i think we're gonna have one more this season Okay, the way you set this up made me think we were like setting ourselves up for like a weekly Wizard of Oz reference. No, maybe like two or three That's times per season. What I'd been led to believe, but I mean, still two or three times per season is like pretty often. Just saying. These episodes were directed by Peter DeLuise, and normally he makes a cameo. If he was in this, I did not notice. He could have been one of the like, dirt covered guys in the back. Yeah, heavily makeuped. Or covered in something like he could have been one of the collapsed bodies in the corner you know <laughs> i didn't notice if he was there what did you think of sokar underwhelming underwhelming <laughs> i just really that... made much of an impression <laughs> i was just thinking that he's so extra because like his his whole look is carefully crafted so he's got like yellow eyes a very pale skin with like veins showing and like this dramatic hood and he's like playing with a candle and then he like constantly has his head tilted back so that he can look down at people even though he's already on a raised platform so he would be doing that anyway and then like his Jaffa their costumes or I guess they're not really costumes their uniforms are so ridiculous the what is it called the lapels on yeah. on like the the shoulder pieces are like so far out they go so far out they're so huge <laughs> and it's like i mean it looks nothing like the jaffa's uniforms from other gods you know like 
Apophis, Harrower, we've seen both. They all have the exact same type of armor. And mm. it's nothing like Sokar's at all. I should say, when I call him underwhelming, I don't mean his look. Okay. Because <laughs> he's like serving some Voldemort realness. But like, yeah. his personality is very underwhelming. Yes. Because he's just kind of there. Yeah. Kind of boring. Yeah. Well, it's okay because he died. So. Yeah, so, rip. Yeah. Nice seeing you for these two episodes. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I just okay. like I couldn't help but laughing when he was like playing with a candle. I'm like, really? <laughs> what a weirdo. He's just vibing, you know? Yeah. I think I liked I like Topopus's look a little bit better. It's more punk rock. I like his uh Phantom of the Opera mask. Yeah. It's a vibe. Yeah. Yep. He's not wearing his gold anymore. It doesn't really fit in this ambiance. We've got more of like the punk rock kind of look going on instead. And I guess I don't know if he's going to end up wearing gold again. Because like that doesn't really go with his face situation anymore. Because before he was like pretty boy. Yeah, with the makeup yeah. and the gold lipstick. and Yeah. It would be very funny if he did. Like he's got the half, <laughs> the half mask and like... <laughs> One of his eyes is bugging out, but, you know, he's still putting on the gold lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be very funny. I don't think he does, but we'll see. I don't know how well I remember. <laughs> but I would laugh. So. <laughs> I did really like his line when Jack says something sassy to him after, you know, revealing his identity. And he's like, your insolence is music to my ears. <laughs> and he just said it like, he seemed kind of genuinely happy to see SG-1 in a way. Like, <laughs> my friends. Yeah, like the people that I love to torture. This is nice. Well, it's like one of those things where when you're in a new environment, you're in a new workplace, if somebody you don't like from your old workplace shows up, at least they're like, you know, a familiar. familiar. Yeah. He's like, hey, I know these guys. They're my enemy, but hey. <laughs> and the, his like new first prime is like, oh, you're going to learn who they are? He was like, oh, I know who they are. <laughs> We're besties. So way back. <laughs> Cute. I did want to know what they had to drink when they were drinking the blood of Sokar. Because it was oh, like very, on set? Yeah. It was very dark. Probably juice of some kind. Try and think like what juice be that dark. Well, Maybe you just like, add food coloring to it to make it darker. Yeah, like grape juice that they dyed to make look closer to black. Maybe. Yeah. I always want to know like the little details like that. Like, what are they really drinking? I have a note. This kid is appropriately creepy. Who am I talking about? Maybe I was talking All about Charlie. Them? Charlie was very creepy, so maybe that's yeah. what you're talking about. Because what the hell? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can play catch as long as you're not like, Ugh, your head's about to spin 360 degrees. <laughs> yeah. I also did think it was funny how when Apophis was talking to Sokar through the like communication device, he was like you know, before you bomb the planet, you will hear me. And then he starts, like, telling stuff, and then he, like, pauses, and then, like, looks back at his first prime, like, should I keep going? 
<laughs> and it says some more until finally Sokar responds. And I was like, he's like, he's really not sure if this is going to work. Apophis was like, my, my grand scheme to defeat Sokar is this hidden dagger that I have. And I'm just like, you know, I really feel like you need more than a hidden dagger and vibes to kill this guy. But you can try it. <laughs> and he, I mean, he kind of, he basically does succeed, but only because SG-1 and the Tok'ra managed to kill Sokar. Like, if they hadn't been there with a plan to kill Sokar, then Papas would have been SOL, you know? Yeah. So I feel like he owes them one. The next time they run into him, he needs to be like, you know what? I got to hand it to you. I wouldn't have made it out of there without y'all. He should just give them one free escape as a yep. treat. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got really annoyed with Aldwin, that Tok'ra that came along with Teal'c. Mm-hmm. He was so frustrating. And when Teal'c, like, pushed him into the other room to, like, lock him up, I'm like, you could have, like, also slapped him or something because he really needed it. <laughs> Oh, and with Sokar's, like, Jaffa's armor, even though it, like, looks super fancy and different from the other Jaffa's armor, it's obviously not any better at withstanding stabbing because he, Apophis stabs those two guys really easily. I'm like, you know, this armor doesn't seem to do much. I don't get it. (laughs) And, I mean, even the armor that the normal Jaffa have doesn't seem to do much like in the very first episode it like the bullets bounce off of it and then the second episode suddenly they're all getting mortal wounds from a couple of gunshots um (laughs) just the the whole plot armor thing coming back like it it ricochets bullets when they don't need to die yet (laughs) that's the magic of this armor it's got plot armor built in yeah yeah, it's crazy. So that goes for Sokar's fancy armor, too, apparently. There we go. Where do we get <laughs> some of that? <laughs> yeah, Teal'c saves the day by his fancy flying, proving Aldwin wrong that it's, like, impossible to get it done just right. And it's like, look, this is Teal'c. He knows what he's doing. He's flown ships before. Like, it's fine. Don't doubt Teal'c. No. There wasn't a lot of Teal'c this time, which made me sad. Yeah, well, it, both Teal'c and Daniel, because even though Daniel was there the whole time, he was just mostly there yeah. in the background. I just feel like Teal'c is one of those guys I don't miss till he's gone. Like, till he's gone. And I don't realize, yeah. like, what a good thing we had. Yeah. I mean, he did have some key moments, like, I making know, sure just... that the mission went right and everything. But yeah. He wasn't, like, around much. Yeah. I agree. We need more Teal'c. Yep, always. Do you have any predictions of how we might see Apophis next? He's going to show up in the finale of this season. You think so? Right about the halfway point. Uh-huh. Or just He's going to show up in the finale. I haven't decided if they're going to kill him yet. (laughs) But he's going to come back in the finale. I mean, he'll put up a fight. Yeah, he will. I just, I can't. Like, I'm telling you, when he does die, he's going to go out with a He's not going to be like, I'm old. Yeah. Just like quietly (laughs) fast. Like, no. Yeah. No. So I feel like he's going to come back in the finale. That's my prediction. I don't feel confident predicting beyond that. (laughs) 
fair enough. Yeah, basically this ends with them all wanting to go skiing. Go somewhere nice and cold. After being somewhere so I hot. would like next episode to be a vacation episode. Right? Where they're all <laughs> skiing. And they have to get yeah. along. Fortunately, that doesn't happen. We do not get skiing. Damn. Yeah. can get anything I want. Nope. Sorry. We don't... I don't think we ever see very... I think the most we ever see of like a vacation episode would be going to Jack's cabin and he's fishing. <laughs> That's the yeah. most we ever see of like vacation time. Do we get that? Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> You're excited to see Jack fishing? I'm excited to see Jack. <laughs> okay. Just literally anything he does. I mean, yeah, if it's Jack focused and he's like chilling, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay. Fair enough. I feel like we've covered everything. Is there anything else I you want to say? So. I wrote drag his ass, Jack, but I don't remember why. <laughs> it probably I had asked... something to do with the charade memory, but... Uh, I don't think so. Is it? I think so, just because I feel like at one point he was like harsh with Daniel, and I'm like, mm. drag his ass, Jack. I don't remember <laughs> why. I have my last comment is that Sam's mom was gorgeous, and I wonder if that's her real mom. I guess there's like a photo somewhere in the house. I don't actually. Yeah, remember. she's like looking through pictures. Yeah. But yeah, I have no idea if that was like just like a random woman or like Amanda Tapping's mom. That'd be cute if yeah. it was. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times like actors will use real photos from their childhood or whatever, or their family. So. Yeah. So did you find anything problematic in these episodes? I'm gonna say no, even if that one plot point was a little... I feel like there's questions of bodily autonomy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was autonomy there. But even like with Martouf oh, exposing, yeah, like making her go through all those memories, I feel like that was kind of a lack of autonomy. That's fair. Otherwise, though... I think it was mostly okay. I think they I think they probably hold up for a modern audience okay. I think so. Any other final thoughts? No. Okay. Next week we're gonna be talking about episodes 14 and 15, Foothold and Pretense, and you're welcome to watch along with us. Arzu, are you ready for your next quote? Yes. You are an idiot every day of the week. Why couldn't you have taken one day off? I feel like it's Jack again, but that feels too <laughs> easy. But I also can't see anybody. Anybody else on the team calling someone an idiot every day of the week? <laughs> so you think it's Jack? I think so. what's the context? I have no idea. <laughs> you want to guess who he's saying it to? Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm projecting. <laughs> Probably somebody we don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poor Daniel. You criticize him so much. I do. Okay, that's it for today. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would love for you to rate and review wherever you can. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. Arzu, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm Arzu D2 everywhere else. So Instagram, Tumblr, Hive, 
Uh, as a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We are at the geeky waffle on YouTube, thegeekywaffle.com, and patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.